0: Well, I'm I'm a little overwhelmed. Anybody else? Somebody say God is good. God is good. And say God is, God is faithful. I did not arrange this this morning. In fact, I didn't even know until before service. Uh, and uh, Bev walked up and said, uh, Pastor, can I just play a little God? Great is Thy Faithfulness today? And then I had to find out why. And then I told her, By the way, I'm preaching on faithfulness today, so, yeah, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, We are in a series on the seven churches of Revelation, Um, and we'll, we'll be in this through Thanksgiving. I don't know that I have a, we'll just do what the Lord tells me to do, you know, I Don't anticipate still preaching this series on Christmas Day. Um, But uh, next Sunday, I'm excited about I Love My Church Sunday. There's so much going on at that gathering. We will be celebrating the faithfulness of the Lord. Uh, During worship, you'll be hearing worship from uh, so, so many corners of freedom, so many ministries of freedom and Day in the Word, and we'll be celebrating the connections. We're a church that people connect with and get involved in. Aren't you thankful? Uh, I'm saying everything from opening the doors to taking care of babies uh, to passing out food and clothes. Uh, this week was a beautiful illustration. Uh, I saw so many new faces this past Wednesday. I'm just so thankful and so thankful for those of you that gave away clothes and food and chili and hot dogs in the parking lot. and just so grateful for the teardown crew and the setup. But every Sunday, we have massive amounts of people that are involved. And I know sometimes, sometimes I feel like Freedom Fellowship is one of the best-kept little secrets in Virginia Beach. So, hey, don't keep the secret, all right? Let people know. Uh, let, me, let me go ahead and teach... Uh, freedom is family, right? We've been saying this and, and declaring it. We're some very clear in envisioning reaching every family, empowering every family, embracing everyone as a part of the Freedom family, and I've been waiting on the Lord. How many have ever had just wait on the Lord? Anybody ever done that? You waited on the Lord? Sometimes you can make things happen. Sometimes you need to wait until it's God's timing. And God just keeps bringing folks uh, to help us. I'm really excited about uh, the empowerment uh, that we're going to see as we move uh, complete this year and move into 2019, the Lord's opening some powerful, some amazing doors there. Uh, so listen, if, if you're struggling in your family, don't you give up. Amen. Amen. Don't you give up. Amen. All right? you'll be kicking yourself if you do. Don't you give up. Let's work together. Let's fight together. Let's uh, pray together. Let's see what the Lord will do. Um, Get your sermon notes out. I've I sermon notes with scriptures, many of the scriptures and points that I'll be making today right there in your newsletter. And if you get an ink pen, uh, you can actually fix all the notes because uh, I've put some things down, but who knows what the Holy Spirit will do when we show up on a Sunday morning. So uh, get, get ready for this word. Uh, today, I'm going to talk from the thought getting real about faithfulness. Uh, but... Let me get to that because the fact of the matter is, is I never got finished with Ephesus last Sunday. All right, I just didn't. Some of you who are students of the Word of God, you know, you probably were looking and said, "Well, what's he going to do about the rest of this?" Uh, Because the letter is so deep, uh, and I I just didn't finish. So I got a a tag, and then I'm going to try to say a few more things about the church at Smyrna. Uh, Revelation chapter one ten uh, chapter chapter one verse ten is where we have be- we began last week. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard a, a voice behind me as a as a trumpet saying, "I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last." And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches. And then in verse nineteen and twenty, write the things which you have seen. And the things which are and the things which will take place after this, the mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands, which you saw, are the seven churches. Uh, So don't overcomplicate this. Please don't overcomplicate this. It's it's one of the struggles of the the study in Revelation is people say, oh, it's Revelation. I just don't even want to look at it. You know, but it is the revelation of Jesus. It's It's Jesus revealing Himself. It's the words of the Lord Jesus spoken through His dear friend, His the beloved Apostle John, while John is in his most one of the most difficult seasons of his life, on the Isle of Patmos, where he has been left to die for preaching the gospel of Jesus. The Bible says that he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and and he sees the Lord. He he, isn't that great. He's in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He said, "Well, how do I do that?" I think we would do well to be in the spirit on the Lord's day as well. Can I get an amen from someone? We would do well not to just come to church, but come into the presence of the Lord because that's where he invites us. And then we see this this teaching where he is walking and we see the seven golden lampstands and we find out that he actually explains this to us, that the seven golden lampstands uh, are the churches and the seven and the angels are, are not necessarily what we see as angels. If we, we, we looked at that and worked at it. The seven angels are the messengers to these churches more precisely because of this particular definition. Uh, most of the time in the word of God, nearly every time except here, it's heavenly messengers. But here it speaks of message as a pastoral messenger. So uh, we have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to tell you the truth. Did you know that? So uh, whether, you know, I want you to like it. I really do. I want you to give me attaboys and amens and way to go, pastor. I want you to give me those. But at the same time, I know that the word of God is not always easy for people. Am am I right? Sometimes you hear the word of God and it, it comes against certain beliefs that you have, cultural trends. And I am committed to telling you the truth. Uh, whatever the cost, all right, and I have prayed, I have prayed, and the Lord's spoken to me, I've prayed, uh, because I know that the church is, in a new, is a new season, I've asked the Lord to give me a new season anointing, uh, for what God is doing in this church, that God would give me a new season anointing, speaking of new seasons, it's really good to have Judah here this morning, is Judah around, Did you? he's where, uh, grandpa's, hold, hold that brand new Judah up, okay, brand Hold, you got to stand up and hold that brand new baby first. Son, is just a couple weeks old. Look at that. There he is. How's that, Jared? Haley, feeling good? Uh, how many know what Judah means? Praise. Somebody shout praise. All right. Bible actually says Judah goes first because praise goes first. And uh, we congratulate you. Come on, one more time. We congratulate them on their baby. Time, yeah. So uh, we're in a new season, Ba-dum-dum. okay, and uh, I, uh, I, I want to, let me put a tag on this, and hopefully I'll get to this next teaching. When we were talking last Sunday about getting real about love, uh, in verse 1, to the angel of the church at Ephesus write, these things says, he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, and who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil, that you have, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. This is really kind of simple. It's not that complicated. And then he goes in, and you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my namesake and have not become weary. That's beautiful, isn't it? Uh, when it says not become weary, it's not saying you're not tired. Uh, he, he's saying... Uh, you have not become weary. And, and anybody, the wearisome is more a, of a mental state. Do you understand that? Weary. It's like, I quit. I'm not doing this anymore. And, and love gets you beyond. You got any mamas in the house that have ever had so much to do and kids that were screaming and yelling at you? I'm getting mamas with me right now. And, and, and you just you went ahead and did what needed to be done anyway. Right? So, uh, out of that, uh, I'm telling you that uh, we're the church. And we have a love relationship with God in all of this, all of this relationship. We're in right relationship. And he's, he's saying, the Lord is saying, I want you to do these things, but I want you to do it out of that love relationship. Because he says in verse four, nevertheless, I have this against you that you've left your first love. Remember, therefore, from what you have fallen, repent and do the first your first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. So you're going to lose your influence. Uh, you're, the, the, you know, it's good to be the church, but we know because there are churches, there are massive cathedrals in certain countries right now, and even the United States, I'm sure, that are that one time were full, that now are just empty relics, and they're more like museums of stained glass. And I don't, how I many? I don't ever want to be that. Anybody with me? I don't want to be that. I, I don't have a judgment for them. I'm only saying that when it just becomes the religious effort where people are just doing things uh, out of uh, out of habit and not doing it out of a relationship. There's just something really, really sad about that. Am I, can I get a yes from somebody? And you, 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 Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Sometimes you'll feel that on a Sunday morning. You know, you get up and say, "Well, why am I? What am I going to church for?" And you can almost hear the weary voice of the enemy saying, "You know, you don't need to be in the house. You don't need to be in a relationship." I'm talking to all my friends on webcast. Listen, you know, we need to be. Come on, we need to be in the body. Am I right? We need to be. We need to be a part of the body. I, I, I preached a lot of that yesterday, but I, I wanted to just again say this, regarding losing your first love, there is a scripture in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Look at this. Therefore I also this is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, "After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in, in my prayers." So 35 years before... Uh, we read this teach this letter in revelation to Ephesus, the condition of Ephesus at their birth was Paul is writing them, saying, "When I think of the way the love that you have when I, when I, uh, when I consider your love for the Lord and your faith and, and that 's what that 's doing we 're getting a picture of thirty five years before and thirty five years later. all right uh, I was with the Kojas yesterday, Michael Koja passed yesterday morning. And uh, many of you remember Michael. He suffered with leukemia and uh, fought the good fight and uh, had some remission. But then uh, the last 90 days, he's really been in struggle. How' uh, am going to be in prayer for the Koja family. Will you do that? But uh, I was talking with Jean Ann about her precious husband. And we hold something in common. Uh, Michael and Jean Ann and Diane and I both got married in 1981. And so uh, I look back and you heard me say this last Sunday uh, about my love for my wife. I and mean, it's the reality. I love my wife today more than I've ever loved her. Okay, now, now listen, you don't have to say ah oh, or add a boy or send me money or anything. You don't have to do that <laughs> unless you want to. Anyway, I, I'm, no, I'm saying I'm saying that 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 if if you if if you invest in, if you appreciate, if you are faithful, then that's going to happen in your relationship. And all this falling in and out of love, that's a bunch of demonic junk, okay? I mean, that's, that's the language of the enemy, all right? So uh, uh, when I say this, what we have in Ephesians 1 and then in Revelation 2 is a 35-year-later picture. And that is the Lord is saying, look, I appreciate all you're doing, but uh, you don't have the same love that you used to have. All right, and and you, you can get this. I'll show you this. Anybody have a kid? Anybody have a child? Do you have a child? All right, now do you love your child more or less today than you did when they were born? Okay, isn't that amazing? Like uh, we have kids and our kids are, they right getting right through their 30s, okay? So uh, Preston's 34, Felicia, okay, I'll tell you, she's 36. So uh, that being said, I want you to know when I see them with their children, I want to walk up and whisper to them, I love you like that. When I see them hold their babies, when I see Preston and Lindsay with Avelyn in their arms, their 14-month-old baby girl, when I see that, I want to look at them and remind them that I love them that way And and even more. Can I get an amen from somebody? You understand that? And this is what the Lord is saying. I want your relationship to increase with the years. And I got some saints in this room that would lift up their hands who've been serving the Lord for a long, 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 long time. I see sister Tootsie back there and Tootsie, you're such a blessing. I won't tell everybody 90 something years old. I won't tell everybody how old you are, but, uh, but listen, listen, That sister still prays and talks to the Lord in deep, deep, deep personal relationship today, even more so than she did when I first met her uh, 32 years ago. And uh, I want you to all receive that. But then he says this. He says, but uh, you have this issue with the Nicolaitans. The Nicolaitans are those in the community, all right? In the community, he says, I appreciate that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. What was Nicolaitans? Why, what is that? Those are those who wanted the church to accept all the gods of Ephesus. Remember, they had false gods and false worship that was going on. How many would agree that in our culture today, there are those that want us to share our worship with other gods? And they want us to embrace them. I'm not gonna do it. Amen. Amen. I'm not gonna do it. I'm. I'm listen, You know, don't bring your Buddha and set it up in here. We're not going to do that. i got to have an amen from somebody. And I know we, we work with and love people who are in different religions, right? We don't, we're not nasty. We love God, even though we go to the same market, right? Am I right? We do that. But at the same time, don't play this, all right? I appreciate all of my uh, the fellow citizens who are of different religion. I am a born again child of the Lord Jesus. I'm a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I am not and will not embrace the religion of Islam. Or not. Okay? I love individuals no matter what their religion is. Jesus died for everybody. But don't play that. Don't play that. Well, you know, the Native Americans, they had this. Listen, listen you don't need a dream catcher. You hear what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just I'm not, not doing all of that. So. Am I jumping up and down, screaming too much here? So, Anyway, let's go on. So I just, that's my tag. And now I have 10 minutes to finish my next sermon. Getting real about faithfulness, the church at Smyrna. Revelation 2 and 10. The Lord Jesus says, Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Read that out loud. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. This the second letter of the church is a massive call. It's a call of faithfulness, and it's a call of faithfulness against all odds. How many have ever felt Like you were so tired that you thought giving up was a possibility. Anybody been that tired? Have you ever been emotionally or physically uh, beaten up or excessively weary? I went through a personal season of challenge uh, back in the 90s. It was a season of revelation followed by a season of evacuation. (laughs) And uh, something that I have found to be true is that just because you hear from the Lord or have given your life to the Lord doesn't mean Everyone in the world will embrace your new life, okay God has been my life has changed i'm going to church okay, whatever I bumped into some some old friends the other day who I loved and uh, cared for and uh, and, I, and I, as, after I bumped into them, uh, I remembered how many years you know and, and, and the conditions of which they had walked away and out of my life, and uh, I was just walking around. We were in a, in a large store, and, and I was walking away, and I felt physical pain. Anybody ever felt physical pain? Anybody ever felt physical pain? Not, I'm not saying somebody stepped on your toe. I'm saying physical pain that wasn't physical. It was spiritual. I actually had to stop and just, Diana says, you're okay? I, said, I don't know. I just... I feel a little pain right now. And it just, you know, I, I, my cardio's good. I have it checked all the time. You know, I, I'm, you know I'm a tough guy. I'm, a, I'm an athlete. Well, anyway, I don't want to lie. But, but I prayed about it. And later the Lord spoke to me about the reality of pain in your spirit, almost a groaning for those who could have accomplished so much more in the kingdom of God if they would have been faithful. Do you hear that? How? What? What would be going on in your life if you were truly faithful? Here's the reality. We are a last days church. How many believe Jesus is returning? Anybody believe that? Amen. Now, I taught you a few weeks ago regarding that. I, I really, I don't see how that the return of the Lord Jesus could be uh, out further than, say, 200 and 30 years, 240, 50 years, okay? That's how I look at it. I just, we're just in that dispensation of time. Uh, I believe that Jesus could return anytime. Anybody believe that with me? He could return at any time. And as a church, I believe that we are experiencing more and more, I'm going to use this word first, persecution. I'll, I'll give you a word that you can uh, uh, connect with. Harassment. And there's a simple call from the Lord Jesus to the church that we see here, which is made to Smyrna and is also made to us. And it's this, be faithful, no matter what the season. And to help you understand this, my dad, how many have ever met my dad, all right? Uh, My dad uh, is 80 years old, and uh, he, I was looking at my face the other day. I looked in the mirror, and I walked out, and I told Diana, I said, Diana, think I'm starting to look like dad, (laughs) didn't I? She said, no, you don't. And I said, well, he's a good-looking man. But as I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've aged, okay? I have. I mean, I'm aging well, but in Jesus' name. But my dad is, you know, my dad stands about here on me. And he's 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 not he's not an incredibly tall man. I'm not a tall man until I get to my family reunions, and then I'm tall. All right, but uh, and dad, uh, you know, my hair and his hair is doing my hair is doing what his hair's done. We're not going to talk anymore about that. Uh, and but I can just see the way dad is. Dad and I kind of have we have some similar mentalities, especially when it comes to work. It's like something needs to be done. We're going to get that done. Give me a hammer, baby. You know and but uh, when I say dad is a beautiful man, I'm not talking about his height or, his, or that he's ripped and has amazing abs. I'm not saying that. I'm saying because my earliest memories of him are caring for myself and my mother and my brothers. I, I, when, when he had very little to his name, I, in the second grade specifically, I remember dad began pastoring a little church in northern Ohio. And as he, he was working there, he was pastoring a church. He was also working in a brick yard. Anybody know what that is? I remember going to pick that in. It was weird because they actually had these like giant ovens where they baked bricks and they had to carry bricks and load bricks and put them, they baked bricks. Really? And he was also attending a university. He also had another job uh, pumping gas, because there used to be people who pumped gas. Remember those days? He had a a little place called Scotty's. He wore this cool little hat and a red plaid shirt. And and, uh, also during those years, I remember him sitting at a piano, a lousy piano player. But still, he knew like three or four chords, and teaching my brothers and I how to sing and harmonize. I also recall his prayers. I recall his sermons. I recall his life of sacrifice. That is a beautiful life. I'm saying that's a beautiful man right there, baby. That's a beautiful man. But in the word of God, faithfulness is even a higher call. Look at Revelation 2, verse 8. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last. Who's the first and the last? That's right. And this is, this is the Lord Jesus, specifically, God the Son, Jesus. I am the first and the last. I'm the beginning and the end. I, who was dead and came to life. He says this, I know your works, tribulation, poverty, but you are rich. And are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. That's heavy. That's fighting words. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. What? That verse doesn't make any sense to me at all. All right? How many, if somebody could tell you what you were about to suffer, would you just as soon not know about it? All right? But the Lord says in this letter to the church of Smyrna, don't be afraid of any of those things that you're about to suffer. And some of you, all you can hear is about to suffer. Right? Don't fear. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful until death, and he will, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. So I, I would give you more context about Smyrna. Just suffice it to say, we talked about Ephesus. Smyrna is 40 miles north of Ephesus. It is, one of, it is called the Flower of Asia. There's this large uh, mount in the center of the city, and then there, there was a ring of temples around it, pagan temples dedicated to false gods. We talked about the temple of Artemis in Ephesus, but now we have many false gods in Smyrna. Uh, just a, a ring of temples that actually made the hill look kind of like a, the huge, uh, a huge head with a crown on the top. It had a massive stadium. People flocked there for famous games. It had a magnificent library, one of the greatest theaters in Asia Minor. Plus, it claimed to be the birthplace of Homer. Uh, it, was, uh, it had a great harbor. It, w- it had great wealth. But also it was a, great, a place of a great persecution. Uh, it was... Uh, the, the, the influence of Rome and the persecution that came by the emperors was massive. So, uh, but still today, it has a tremendous Christian community. Uh, during this day, uh, it, during that particular time, during this reading, the, the day that we're talking about, it is filled with persecution to the point of death for those who are faithful to Jesus. So, but, but we want to focus today on the word faithful. Everybody shout, faithful. The word faithful occurs in 78 verses of Scripture. The, the root word, going back to the Hebrew, and the root underlies all the words that are translated faithful in the Old Testament and into the New Testament. It is literally used when we say faithful. How many have ever hung a door? Anybody ever done that? Okay, so uh, tell, me, tell me about this. See the door over here to my left, okay? When I moved Virginia Beach, the first Sunday I came to this church... Uh, January 17th, 1986. I came to that door and tried to open it. Because when I come into the parking lot, that looks like the door you ought to go in. Okay? I've never fixed that in all these years. Okay? Uh, but I came to that door and pulled on it. It was locked. And I went, where do we go? So we went around. And at that particular time, just those two double doors were the front door. And that back area was the foyer of the building. And none of this extra area, nor the back of the building, was there at that time. This little chapel right here. And, uh, but how many know what a door is made out of? Wood, Wood okay. Okay, why does the door work? This is a test. Because of two little things. They're called hinges. Okay, why does the hinge work? What? Because it has a pin. Okay. Literally, the word faithfulness is the implication of what a pin does. Everything swings on faithfulness. How many are glad that Jesus was faithful? How many are glad that God is faithful? So the call is here. I can't tell you all the things you're going to suffer. Look at me, church, but you will suffer. How many have suffered some things? How many have ever suffered loss and suffered pain and difficulty? Anybody ever suffered hardship? Has anybody ever suffered injustice? Listen, listen. How are you going to get through that? How are you going to keep swinging? How are you going to keep moving? How are you going to keep going in and out? You're not, not because I'm tough, because I'm a fighter. No, because you're faithful. Come on, praise God. Praise God. In context, the word faithful is also related to the trustworthiness and reliability of a witness or a messenger. The noun derived from the word faithful could literally be translated the faithful. You can actually name people. I'm looking at people right now. You are the faithful. Individuals that literally will not quit. The New Testament study of the word suggests that those who believe and become the faithful are required to be proven the faithful through reliability and trustworthiness. It is the execution of a given action. You're going to be tested. What is gonna be tested? My faithfulness will be tested. Some of you are a little easy on this faithfulness thing. You know, I just don't feel good today. I just don't feel like I'm in love today. Okay, you don't have any pin in your hinge. <laughs> Help me preach today, Jesus. The question which underlines is illustrated somewhat in, an, in a job interview. Like if you were at a job interview and they said, now, this is a full-time job, will, will you be here faithfully? Yeah. Well, would you, be, would you show up in the rain? Sure. And the snow, well, it's not too bad. Do you have reliable transportation? Well, I hope so. I mean, it's an old car. If you did not, would you walk in order to fulfill your responsibility? No, the job's just not that important. And so, faithfulness is more than this, it is more than a commitment. It is a commitment that is birthed out of who you are. Uh, if your father needed you, would you be there? If, come on, if mama was elderly and needed somebody to take care of her, why would you do it? Because if she paid me, if I, no, no, because she's my mama. I watch people on occasion take care of an elderly relative and I want to pat them on the back and say, good job. But there's also a certain part of me that's envious, envious because my mama died when she was just 63 years old and I was looking for her to be around for a long time. So when Diana's daddy lived with us for a while, I was like, yeah, we're going to take care of dad for a little while. And it's not always easy, but I was born into a community called the faithful. I'm not here because everybody likes me. I'm not preaching because I get amens. I'm not preaching because I always feel like. I didn't feel good last week. I didn't feel like eating that weekend. I, something hit me on a Friday right after I finished my sermon. It was some kind of food poisoning. I preached last Sunday after eating two slices of bread for two days. You know why I preach? How many how many have been to work like that? How many come on? How many take care of your children like that? Don't, Don't be patting me on the back. It's who we are. It's what we do. We are faithful. What does it mean to be faithful? Whatever happened to faithfulness? Whatever happened to a man and a woman working it out and who believe in Jesus and working it out? Whatever happened to a man's word being his bond? Whatever happened to following through and following up? Whatever happened to a father and a mother loving God enough, loving their children enough to deal with the mess that has been in their past rather than to pass it down to their children have to figure out why they're drug addicts in their later life? Whatever happened to faithfulness? Faithfulness starts with a relationship with Jesus. When Jesus is Lord, you will love in difficult times. If he's not the Lord, you might dump in difficult times. Come on. You'll stand when everyone else is sitting down. You'll you'll pray when others say God has turned his back. Faithfulness doesn't have to get a gold medal on the planet. It knows there's a tree of life on the other side. All right. Just... Let me say two things. One, everyone will not appreciate your faithfulness. Verse nine, I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich and I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. I want to be careful even reading that after the uh, incidents of this past week in Pennsylvania to say something. Somebody praise God for our Jewish brothers and sisters. Would you praise God for them? We believe in the same God, and revelation, a great deal of revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ to the Jewish nation. Did you know that? A great deal of those is so far. Oh, that's Jesus, you know? So, um, uh, <laughs> I, I learned this, rest, this, this lesson in a restaurant uh, years ago when I was working in a restaurant. After I got out of high school, I was working at Friendly's Restaurant in Chillicothe. Oh, how? One of my favorite stories, told a thousand times, but uh, uh, a guy named Ben was the cook, and I was brand new there, and I had just learned how to do dishes, bus tables, and I was fast, because there's a little competition in me, it's like, oh, there's a table, you know? And he grabbed me, pulled me aside, and said, son, uh, you're working too fast, you need to slow down. I said, why? because you're making everybody else look bad and if you don't slow down we're gonna have to work harder and I did not agree with him and uh, just a few months later I became the night manager and told him he needed to pick up his pace Anybody know why Jesus was crucified? Because, well, there were some individuals who did not like the pace that Jesus was keeping. Jesus was loving people. Well, if he keeps loving people, then I'm going to have to love people. And Jesus was moving in power. That's showing how much power we do not have. Do you see where I am? And there were individuals that were uh, Israelites, Not, not just common people. We're talking about Pharisees and Sadducees who were in cahoots with the Roman government. It was those who had compromised their faithfulness to the law and the prophets in such a way that they could no longer hear the truth of the prophets, which is that the Messiah would come and he would be born in Bethlehem of Judea. And the signs and the wonders, all of the scriptures that we see in the word of God. They had been angry at Jesus for a long time. So you you may not understand this, but here's a great truth. Let let me help you with this. Uh, uh, The truth is in God's word. It's in Ephesians 2, 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. You cannot save yourself. Now, the Pharisees and Sadducees did not believe that. They believed they could save themselves. So... No matter what funeral you're at, somebody inevitably will stand up and say, now here lies somebody who, they lived a good life, a righteous life. Never heard them say a bad word about anyone. You should lift up your hand and say, Uh uh Let me tell you what they said about me. And you don't even know, how many, how many if, if we knew everything that you had said? Okay, I'll just leave that there. Listen, here lies so-and-so. Very good, never had a bad word to say. And I'm thinking, they may not have said it, but I'll bet they thought it. So what's the difference in saying it and thinking it? I didn't act on it. I get that. Have you ever looked at the Sermon on the Mount and saw some crazy things like, in Matthew 5:27, here's one. You have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not commit adultery. How many know that's the word of God? But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in her heart, his heart. If your right eye, now watch this. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members, pop, perish than your whole body. At least I'm still going to heaven. (laughs) And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. So, I don't know if I, I can't act all this out. Because it's more profitable for you that one of your members perish in your whole body. What are you saying, Jesus? Look at verse 31. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him get a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a man who is divorced, commits adultery. Okay, verse 38. You have heard it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, do not resist not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on right cheek, turn the other to him also. Do you hear that? What do you do if somebody text you turn the other cheek? Now, some of you are trying to do what the Pharisees are doing right here. Do you see how difficult this is? What does Jesus do? Anybody ever razzed you before? Anybody ever messed with you before? Anybody ever had somebody do that? I'm not saying that this is not true. He's just saying this. If you're going to live by the law and expect to end up in heaven because you are so good, I got some news for you. You can't do it. No wonder the Pharisees heard him. They actually wrote the law and hung it on their clothes. They would write it and wrap it around their hands in order to show all the good things that they were doing. And they were keeping the law, speaking the law, telling the law to everybody else thinking that somehow the law would save them. Remember the scripture in Matthew chapter 19? There's this rich young man who comes to Jesus and says, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And he says, well, you know what the law says? Yeah, I, let me, let me, the law says, um, uh, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. I've done all of these things. And Jesus says, one more, one more thing you need to do, he says in the 21st verse. Go home and sell everything that you have and give it away. And then come to me and you'll have... Eternal life. Anybody see what's wrong? Anybody see see what's going on here? Come on. Okay, everybody that's never looked at somebody of the opposite sex and said, "Whoa!" <laughs> Lift your hand right now. Okay, one. Okay, one, one. And we're praying for her. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Only one Pharisee. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Okay. you, you. you see, how many see where I am right now? You see this? why why are the pharisees upset with jesus they're upset because he has Another way, the fulfillment of the law, and that is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Salvation is salvation by grace through Jesus Christ. No, you don't commit adultery. No, we don't steal. No, we don't lie. But lying and stealing and adultery, though they are bad, just because you don't do that does not mean you have eternal life. Everybody doesn't like this message. There is something better than being good it is the cross of Jesus Christ there is no salvation without the cross of Jesus ok I'm about finished and then Jesus answers persecution Jesus answers persecution with faithfulness do not fear any of those things that you're about to suffer the devil's going to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days be faithful until death talk about difficult times all right? Difficult times. Josie, difficult times. I was, with, uh, I was in intensive care with uh, Mike and Jean Ann and their kids. Difficult moment, you know? When uh, Herbert and Jill, when Jill passed away. Talk about a difficult moment. I mean, for me, when my mom died, just being right there, right there. But then again, can I say there's nothing more difficult probably than losing your loved one, but there's nothing more beautiful than holding hands till the end. You got that? I mean, dear Lord Jesus, I'm thinking, you know, what would I do? What would Diana or I do? What would we do? I don't know. I've often thought, you know, if my wife passes first, somebody hang on to me because I might jump in the hole. You know, I just couldn't imagine that. We've done life for so long. But you hear what I'm saying? There's nothing more spectacular than faithfulness. The 10 days that he's talking about here, uh, here's, here's one of the things that we find in relationship with that. There were, there will be 10 different emperors that will perpetuate persecution against the church. And they will kill them. They will murder them. When Jesus talks about Uh, you'll be released. Does anybody know what release is? Anybody? Come on, wave at me if you know what I'm saying. Release, release. Just getting out of prison. Let me tell you what a prison is. Can I show you this prison that I'm walking around in right now? I I tell you that in this body, sometimes I struggle, right? Sometimes I have hardship. Sometimes I don't know how to take care of everything. But here's, here's what I know. One day we'll be released. Now here's the call. Be faithful until death. Everybody stand up and I'm going to finish this, okay? Stand up and just stand with me for a moment. Altar workers, go ahead and get in your position so that I can finish this. Somebody shout, Be faithful until death. Now that sounds weird, but how many have ever looked at somebody? Anybody got somebody nearby you that you love? Anybody got somebody that you love nearby you? Go ahead, say, I love you. Say it. No, come on, tell them. Say, I love you. I love you. Okay, now wait. Now I'm going to tell you the way we've said it before. I'm going to see if you can work with me on this, okay? Look over and say, I love you to death. Now stop for a moment. Did you hear what you said? I actually, actually know a pastor friend of mine years ago. I went to his church and he changed it. And he always says this, I love you to life. And that sounds good. But really, I only love you to Life. I love you to death actually means this. When you say to somebody I love you to death what you're saying okay, you ready Jared? Turn around here. Come In fact, come up here son. Got that new baby. Congratulations. Got two. The house is full now. Okay. I know you're a great man. I don't have anything negative to say to you. Okay. But I want you to know this. I love you. And when I tell you that I love you son I can say that because I'm that's an old guy. When I tell you that I love you, I want you to know that there's nothing that you could ever do that would cause me not to love you. I, I love you. That's it. I love you to death. Okay, whichever, I don't know, when, when I die, or you die, I want you to know this. Between this time and that, I'm still going to love you. You receive that? Okay. All right. We used to... We used to put the kids to bed at night and we would pray with them this way. We'd pray with them before we'd pray with them. uh, No, excuse me. We'd pray with them and then we'd tuck them in and then we would hug them and play this game with you. You know, I love you. Yeah, daddy, I know you love me. (laughs) Do you know why I love you? Why do you love me, daddy? They know the game. Do I love you because you're good? The answer is No. Do I love you because you clean your room? No. <laughs> because you did your homework. No. Why do I love you? You love me because you love me. And we never went to sleep until we finished with that understanding. Thank you. I want you to capture this. Jesus answers persecution with faithfulness. When Polycarp, how many have heard of Polycarp before? He was the bishop of Smyrna. He suffered in persecution. It said that he was a student of John the Beloved, as a matter of fact. When he was being persecuted, they were ready. They were going to nail him to a stake and burn him on the stake. And Polycarp looked at them and said, You don't need the nails. Why would you nail me? I'll stand at the stake while you burn me. And he climbed into the middle and stood at the stake and worshipped God while His flesh burned in the middle of the fire. Somebody shout, love you to death. I don't know if you're hearing this. Listen, listen. Persecution is going to happen. Somebody shout, harassment is going to happen. Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for... Good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. If you're going through difficulty, God's going to do something through it. Philippians 4, 13, you know this. We know this. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Scream it. Come on. I can do all things through Christ. James 1 and 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And then James 1 and 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Somebody receive the word of God. Be faithful unto death. Verse 10. And I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church as he overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Isn't that cool? When you're faithful, death don't hurt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was going through a battle about 17 years ago. Big battle, and somebody had the audacity to walk up to me, put their arms around me, and congratulate me. So, well, what do you congratulate me for? I want to congratulate you, Rick. God has trusted you with this tribulation, and it changed my mind. Are you ready? Faithfulness matters. Some people say you haven't denied Jesus. I want you to be faithful with your marriage. I want you to be faithful with your family. I want you to be faithful with your finances. I want you to be faithful in your spiritual disciplines. I want you to be faithful in your prayers. Faithful in your witness. Faithful to your church family. Mostly faithful as a servant of the Lord Jesus in every area of your life. Bow your heads. Father, there are those who have heard this word and you have shaken them just a bit. Today, Lord, I call them to faithfulness. There are those, perhaps, Lord Jesus, that have not entered into a faithful relationship with you. And they wonder what is going on in the world. Today, Lord Jesus, I call them, those who are struggling, those who are trying to decide whether or not they're going to let you be Lord, I call them now to a life of faithfulness, to surrender life in this world for a crown of life, to surrender a life of works, For a life of grace. I call them now in the name of Jesus. And Father I ask that you would quicken in their spirit. By your spirit. The reality that it is not too late. But today is a day for their salvation. That they would confess you as Lord and Savior. And accept you and then live for you. The best life is a life for you Lord Jesus. And I pray for those who are struggling, those who are tired, those who are weary, some of those, dear Lord, who have been tempted to quit, to throw in the towel. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would touch their lives. And today, they would make a bold confession that they choose to be faithful. And Lord, as my prayer workers have come, Lord, we will anoint them and we will pray a prayer of faithfulness for them. That what the enemy has meant for their destruction you will turn into their good. That you will heal families today. That you will heal marriages today. That you will heal relationships today. That you will heal the emotions of individuals that are so tired and so weary. I pray that you would touch them. Come Holy Spirit and do this. I'm going to just keep praying for a moment longer. And as I pray, I want those of you who need prayer, those of you who are struggling, those of you who are struggling even in faithfulness right now, those of you who are struggling, those of you who are tired, those of you who are weary, those of you who are struggling, those of you who are feeling harassed, I want you to leave your seats and start coming forward. These people have prepared their hearts to pray for you. Come now. Come right now. Leave your seats and come, and then we will be dismissed in a moment. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, we just wait on you. We rebuke the enemy. We rebuke the enemy and his his efforts, dear Lord, to stop the people of God from being set free. I know it's your desire, Lord, to break every chain. I know it's your desire, Lord Jesus. Today, To heal those that are broken. For those who are sick in their body. You are still the healer and we ask for healing. For those that are going through incredible grief. I pray that you would touch them and grant healing. For those dear Lord, for couples in this room that are struggling in their marriage. For those Lord Jesus who are weary because they don't seem to be able to find their call. Touch them. Heal them. Help them. I pray in Jesus holy name. Amen.